before we do anything else, would you make your hands an instrument and would you praise the one who is wonderful, who is glorious, who is worthy to be praised like no other. He is the one today worthy of our praise, all glory and honor, power, might and dominion. His name is Jesus and he reigns and he rules forever and he is to be praised, amen. Man, I feel him in his house, his presence. Incredible, John. Incredible, guys. Mm. (laughs) Mm. I want to be calm, but it's tough to be subdued. I I want to... uh, be easy, but yet I, I feel the strength of his presence and his power. Amen. Amen. In so many ways, on so many occasions, <laughs> I want to leap and I want to dance and I want to shout and I want to proclaim that he is good and he is the answer to every problem in your life. I'm overwhelmed. By his goodness and his faithfulness. I want to share scripture with you. Poignant passage of scripture. And just for a moment, I want to talk about the power that's in a name, but I want to talk about two turtle doves and and a lamb. And a lamb. Go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 2, and we'll begin with verse 22. When the time of their purification according to the law of Moses, had completed. Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, in the law of the Lord, in the law of the Lord. A pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon by name who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ and moved by the Spirit he went into the temple courts and when The parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation. Father, I know your word. I pray, God, that if someone stepped through the corridors of this house and into this sacred space called sanctuary, simply because it was the demand of the law or the expectation of a legacy or a heritage, I pray, God, today that maybe for the first time in their life that they would see Jesus the Christ, the Son 
the consolation of Israel, and the Savior of this world. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. There is a lot of power in a name. Take the name Santa Claus, for instance. That name carries a lot of weight in more ways than one. We would all agree. But somewhere right around 345 AD, a 4th century bishop by the name of St. Nicholas Amira was known for the gifts that he gave to the orphans and to the widows of Asia Minor. Yes, there really is a Santa Claus. He wore a red robe which represented the blood of Jesus Christ. It was trimmed in pure white fur that really did represent and symbolized the purity of Jesus Christ. And believe it or not, the custom of the day, the customary means of travel was in indeed to travel as a bishop, as St. Nicholas, on a, reindeer, on a sleigh pulled by a reindeer. Sometimes God has to remind us that we need to come down off of our spiritual high horse or our spiritual reindeer, if you will, and to acknowledge that there are some things in life that really make sense and carry some weight. And it's not so much the man in red with the white trimmed fur, but it is the spirit of giving and caring for others. Regardless of how society has tried to distort St. Nicholas, he was a gift giver. An acquaintance of his was indeed a farmer who could not pay his debts. His three daughters were about to be sold into prostitution. Now in the cold climate, people would take off their stockings and really hang them by the chimney with care. And, and it was that St. Nicholas was trying his best, uh, to, best to bless uh, this good friend and to keep his daughters uh, from being sold as slaves. And so he decided that he would climb up on their roof and he would drop nuggets of gold down the chimney. And it just so happens that when he dropped those nuggets of gold, uh, that one literally bounced back up into a stocking and thus a tradition was born. What was once a chore was now a day of anticipation. Every year, people all over the community began to check their socks to see what St. Nicholas had given. And just like any other man, he could only give so many gifts to so many people. There were limits to how much good that he could really do. His name only carried so much power, a certain kind of recognition. His name is by all means today uh, uh, recognizable on so many fronts, yet we really only talk about him one time a year. But it is that the Christ, the King, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, that the provision from this man is everlasting and it is above all unlimited and his gifts come without 
end. The word says that his name is so recognizable that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Lord of lords and King of kings to the glory of God the Father. His name comes with so much authority and power that he said, whatever you ask in my name, this will I do that the Father may be glorified in in heaven and in the Son. And just when you thought that you couldn't stand any anymore, Acts 4 and 12 says there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And for those of you that thought you couldn't have anything this Christmas, it was John 16 and 23 that said until now you have asked nothing in my name but if you will ask you will receive that your joy may be full in that name that is above it. Does anybody in this house today recognize the name of Jesus Christ as the Lord of glory forever and forever? Oh, celebrate him and praise him. I turn to your neighbor this morning. Just tell someone, don't let anything or anyone ever reduce you to less than what you are called to be and you are called to do. When, uh, when Mary and uh, Jeremy, get ready to help me. Brian, get ready to help me in just a moment. Come close if you will. When Mary and Joseph brought that 40-day-old uh, baby into the temple of Jerusalem, this prophet, this anointed one called Simeon, sees him as the gift before the face of all people. Everyone in this house today, you have the potential to be gifted and blessed by the one called the Christ. Simeon instantly saw him as the consolation of Israel, the one we've waited for for centuries. Simeon instantly knew that he was the Messiah who would save the world from their sins. Now, the law said something about this baby boy. Uh, the, law, the law said uh, that, uh, that uh, this baby boy required a sacrificial lamb to be offered in the temple, in the temple. And Mary and Joseph were poor and they thought that all they could bring was what they could afford. That all they could bring were two turtle doves. But when, uh, when Simeon, when Simeon saw that boy, he knew that Mary and Joseph had brought so much more into the, into the church. Some people, come on, guys, come around right up here if you will. Uh, some people, all they ever do is bring their dead birds to church. No offense, guys. 
Just wherever I go, you can just kind of go, kind of follow me. Some folk, all, all, all they, they do is take a step in this direction and, and all they carry, two dead birds. Some folks, uh, they kind of move to the left or move to the right and, and all they talk about are their, are their two dead birds. And, and you can't see anything else in their life because not only do they take it to their family every day of every week, but they, they carry their dead birds within the church every Sunday. And one Sunday becomes another, and one month becomes another, and one year becomes another year. And all they ever talk about are, are their turtle doves or their dead birds. But when Simeon saw the boy, he knew that Mary and Joseph had brought a lamb into the temple. I, I tell you today, he knew that they had in their possession the living lamb of God himself who would be slain from the foundations of the world and pay the the price for my eternal salvation. Amen. Amen. Let me stop right here and tell you, don't ever let anyone reduce you to less than what you were meant to be. We brought our guilt and guile, our, our sin and our separation, our wretchedness and our reputation. Maybe those are the dead things that you brought into the temple even today in this hour. But the Lamb of God is the one that God destined you to take back out with you when you go back into the world this very day, this very moment, this very hour. You can make a choice. You can keep carrying two dead birds. Another Christmas as Millicent so eloquently talked about and they sang about this morning. What, what a gift, what a blessing. Or we can be content with the ritual and content with what we keep bringing year after year after year. And can I just be a little insightful today? Just maybe nobody wants to hear about your dead birds. Not really. It's okay. They'll pray with you in the altar and they'll pray with you to get victory over those dead birds and they'll pray with you and they'll help you and they'll console you and they'll love you through it. But at some point, you've got to stop carrying dead birds with you. Like two dead birds, all the Pharisees could see Tanya was Mary pregnant three months before she married Joseph. Like two dead birds, all the Pharisees can see is a teenager, a teenage girl unfaithful to her betrothed. Like two dead birds, all the Pharisees could see was the blasphemy of this young couple who had sinned and they couldn't possibly know anything about spiritual matters daring to come into the temple on a sacred day, on a holy day for this child. But between those two dead birds, God, two turtle doves, God raised up one man at the right place, at the right time, in the right season, with the right heart, with the right attitude, with the right spirit. And between those two dead birds, 
Simeon, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, saw the Lamb and the power and the presence of God. What even though that young couple could not possibly fully digest or understand, Simeon knew that this was the baby, the child, the one who would change the course of history forever. He was the one the prophets had spoken about. He was the one who would deliver Israel and beyond. Sometimes all the world can see is your failure, your empty promise. All some can see are your two birds inside the church. Someone saw my drinking problem. Someone, someone saw my drug addiction. Someone saw my, uh, my hot temper. Someone saw that premarital sex. Uh, when, when I took something that wasn't mine, when, when I put up with abuse that I did not deserve, when, when I didn't measure up to someone else's expectation, I came to tell you today that when everyone else saw your greatest screw up, God still saw the lamb in your life. I need some Simeons in this house. Pardon my chagrin if I ignore you when all you can talk about is what is dead in your life. I need some Simeons, someone who will agree with me that there's something worth seeing and something worth hearing in the presence of the most holy God. Don't care who did the solo. I just know they were worshiping and magnifying the Lord of hosts, the glory of God. There was one heart and one accord and one mind on this stage this morning. I, I need some Simeons in this coming year that will agree with me that, that when I walk into the house of God, my mind's on, on one thing. It's to see the lamb. It's to extol the lamb. It's to embrace the lamb. It's to worship the lamb. It's to promote the lamb and let the lamb do his work. Amen. Give me a church that will see the lamb when everyone else around us is focused on dead things. At some point, you've got to listen. At some point, you've got to, you've got to sacrifice the birds. They were, they were meant for sacrifice. Somewhere, we've got to let the dead birds go and we've got to focus on a fresh revelation of Jesus Christ that says I've got my mind centered and focused on the fact that he is my redeemer. He is my Lord, in the good times, in the bad times, I will praise him and I will lift up the lamb. Clap your hands and praise him in his house on a Sunday morning. The problem is for many, it's not the fact that we are carrying something that's dead and lost and gone. It's we're worshiping something that's dead and lost and gone. Simeon said this child marks both the failure and the recovery of many in Israel. How can Mary and Joseph hold their heads up in this house? How dare they walk into the church doing what the Pharisees thought they had done? What kind of audacity is that to bring that child into this holy place? It's about time they brought those turtle doves in here. It, it's, it's about time they made things right with God. 
But while everyone else saw the shame and the blame and the game, Simeon has his eyes on the lamb and he puts a label on him. Simeon gives him a name. That name is recovery. You, I came by to bring a word of encouragement this morning that you can recover from anything. You're spiritual, you're intelligent, you're gifted, but are you willing to recover? Pastor, I'm willing to help anyone recover. Just say, no, 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 are you willing to recover? One thief on the cross mocked him, but one thief saw the lamb. Judas saw 30 pieces of silver, but finally, Peter saw the lamb. I'm reminded, Miss Sarah, that, that John the Baptist saw the lamb. How do you know? Because it was John in, in John chapter one, verse 29, that said, behold the lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. God, when I get up in the morning, that my eyes would behold the lamb, that when I put my head on my pillow at night, that I will have seen the lamb, that I will have witnessed the lamb and been a witness of the lamb in all that I do. False Christ would come and false Christ would go. But when Simeon saw Jesus, he didn't see a false hope. He didn't see a temporary solution to a permanent problem. For some, that's all he is. It's a way out. It's an escape for whatever you're going through at this particular point or place in your life. Whatever struggle you're enduring for the moment, he's a temporary solution to a problem that is permanent because it's ongoing and it seems like it is everlasting. But when Simeon saw Jesus, he said, my time is short. I don't have much time left. I won't be here much longer, but if God has done anything, he has honored me and he has allowed me to see. Anyone in this house honored? Not privileged, but honored because you saw the lamb, because the lamb made an impact on your life, because the lamb turned some things upside down and around. Hey, uh, he didn't see a good man who, who could help some of the people some of the time, but he saw this everlasting hope of Israel who had all the resources and the help that I will ever need, that you will ever need in this life. I want you to shout this out. Circumstances will not stop my recovery. Say it again. Circumstances will not stop my recovery. One more time. Circumstances will not stop my recovery. Why did Simeon see what he saw? Why would Simeon see what so many others would miss? And not just miss, but intentionally reject. Because the word of God said very simply that the Holy Spirit was upon him. Don't ever let anyone tell you or convince you that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the one and the same, will not make an impact on you or make a difference in the way that you see the Lamb, in the way that you see the birth of Jesus and the fulfillment of Jesus in Scripture. 
That's why in Genesis 41, 39, when no one else could interpret the dreams of Pharaoh, Joseph bound in a prison. Joseph forsaken by his own family. I'm speaking to someone there today. You sit in the seat you're in and you feel like you've been let down by your own family, failed by your own family. But under the anointing of God's spirit, Joseph prophesied favor and famine upon all of Egypt. And Pharaoh said this, the enemy said this. He said, are we going to find anyone else in whom the spirit of God dwells? That's why Peter could curse him and deny him three times in John 18. But turn around and speak into a lame man in Acts chapter 3 verse 6 and say, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. Peter finally saw what Simeon saw. And he could say that because in Acts 2.38, he said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. John saw what Simeon saw. How do you know, Pastor? That's why John would say in Revelation chapter one, verses 19, 18, and 17, he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And John gives him a name. John hears him call his own name. He said, I am Alpha and I am Omega. I am the beginning and I am the end. I am the first and I am the last. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet is dead. For some folks, Christmas is just another Christmas. There's no impact. They won't let God impact their life. They won't let God speak to them. They, they won't let God change them. They just keep showing up at the temple with the same old ritual and the same old rut, doing the same old thing. And I tell you what, I'll take a packed house. I'll take 800 to 1,000 people. But you give me two or three men or women that can see like Simeon saw and respond like Simeon responded and act like Simeon acted. And we'll turn this community of Summerton and Dora and the surrounding area upside down. If we can get a passion, if, if we can get a focus, if, if, we can, if we can stop thinking that we're better than this one or better than that one and somehow just give our lives to God and say, God, let me see the Lamb. Clap your hands and praise him and give him honor. And I will say this today, make no mistake about it. Probably speaking to someone today, you've sat around, you've pointed the finger and, and you've said this or you've said that. They think they're so spiritually superior. They think they're so high and lofty. Let me say this to you today. Make no mistake about it. When you connect to him through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can see things about him that no one else can see. You will hear things that no one else is in a position to hear. You can connect with him without being spiritually superior and lifting yourself up and tooting your own horn. You can be humble in his presence, about knee before his glory and say, God, I want everything that you've got for me. 
It doesn't make you super spiritual. It just means you're locked in. Others filled that temple compound, Tanya, just like they had day after day, year after year. Others were at church on that Sunday, but they did not see what Simeon saw. Religious people, ritual people, rut people. Just like some that may be here today and God loves you. But God, I feel like God put a word in my heart even this morning. He said, you tell them that there are some here like Simeon that you, that you will not die until you have seen the glory of the Lord. There are some folks under the sound of my voice, you've been praying, you've been almost to the point of feeling hurt and rejected and bitter and upset because you feel like God has forgotten you. But God said, remind someone in this house, you will not die, you will not pass from this life until you've seen some things restored into your home and into your family and into your church and to an altar. In their own naivety, Mary and Joseph were there to fulfill a ritual, to fulfill a law. And, uh, but the word of God makes it plain that Simeon was led there and put in a position by the power of the Holy Spirit. I wish to God that someone at this Christmas would see him through the eyes and the power of the Holy Spirit, even maybe for the first time in your life. I want to, I have a question for you this one week before Christmas 2022. What brought you into this house today? Are you birthing the same old baby, carrying the same old baby that you've brought before? Because coming to the house of God somehow makes you ceremonially clean, Christmas clean. That somehow this ceremony purifies you. Or, you, or did you come here today like, so that some man or some woman like Mary or Joseph or Simeon under the anointing of the Holy Spirit can say that God is at work in your life, but more importantly, that God can look at you and say, I see the lamb on your life. I see past all your stuff. And I see something different about the way that you carry this baby and you hold this baby and you bring this baby. There's something different about the way you look at this baby and the way this baby looks at you, but, but more importantly, that God looks at you. Simeon saw Jesus like Jesus was supposed to be seen. And maybe it's time for us to just simply start seeing Jesus like Simeon saw Jesus and hear Jesus like Simeon heard Jesus. I'm concerned. Early this morning, I felt the presence of the Lord speak to my heart. And listen, 
We may feel like we are losing a generation and we may feel like we are living in a world that's going to hell in a handbasket and, 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 and we are living in a world that seemingly has no hope. I want to remind you, God is raising up a generation. And they're not, on, listen, they're not only clear about the voice of God, they're not only seen with the eyes of God, they're not only responding with the eyes of God, but they see you and they know you sometimes better than you know. They are not naive, they are not compromised, they are sensitive to the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you walk in for just another Sunday and it's just another ritual and it's just another song, they see see and they know they are not naive. And they're looking at where is God in that? Where is the lamb in that? Where is the Christ in that? And I'm gonna tell you, Brian, more than ever before, they're starting to call us out on it. They're calling the church out on it. You say that's God? I don't see God in that. You say you're a giver, I don't see you giving. You say you support the work of Jesus Christ, but you don't do anything. You just sit over there and be quiet. We respect your elders. And a little harder than I meant to be on the Sunday before Christmas. Simeon said, not me. He said, this? He said, this one, Tammy, this is the one that I've been waiting for all of my life. And we walk into this place called sacred and holy and we want everyone to feel how privileged they are just to See that I'm here. See, he said, you do what you want to do, but this is the one I've been waiting for my entire life. And I want to close with this this morning. I think it's important. I, I want you to pray with me to break every, every bondage, every binding, every hindrance. I'm just going to be transparent with you this morning. I've been, there are times I pray and hopefully not just on Saturday, but and, and never just on Saturday, but man, there are times in here in the stillness and the quietness of God that I feel his power and his presence. And sometimes it translates and sometimes it doesn't quite as efficiently as I thought it would. And I'm telling you today, we are in a battle with spiritual forces. Forces of just, oh, just complacency and taking for granted what God has done and who God has been. And God is checking us on it. We will never win the world as long as we're wrapped up in our own. Five times God mentions the law in the chapter. 
more than the rest of Luke combined. Three times alone, God points out that the Holy Spirit has put Simeon there. I believe that we have reduced the Holy Spirit to a point of predictability where the Spirit moves like we orchestrate him to move rather than the freedom of the Spirit leading us and guiding us and us responding to him. I believe with all my heart that the Holy Spirit still, listen to me, I'm 50-something years old, and I believe that the Holy Spirit, Brian, still has the capacity to surprise us and overwhelm us and fill us with wonder and fill us with awe. And somehow we have to position ourselves for that. If, if this is the way you come to the house of God, if you just come in here, you're just getting through it, you're going through it, God, get this over with you ne you'll never put yourself in a position to receive anything from the Holy Spirit. But if you come with a heart and a mind that is focused and integrated and locked into the power of the Holy Spirit, when you get here, God And you can't do that without getting past some things. If you think you're the only one hurt, you're the only one who has been through a cross or Calvary. And we've all been devastated by something. And I believe that the Holy Spirit has the power and the glory to surprise us and overwhelm us again with the glory of this baby, this son called Jesus. Stand with me all over. Luke 2.33 said, Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. One translation said, Jesus, father and mother were speechless with surprise at these words. This may not rock your boat. You may have been preaching this, thinking this for 10, 15 years, and that's okay because some are not necessarily there yet or have just chosen not to see it this way. But Simeon said this to Joseph and Mary. He said, this child is not only the hope of Israel. He is the light of the Gentiles. That doesn't bother us a whole lot right now, but back then, if anyone had been standing in a circle around them, it would have rocked their boat to no end. There are some surprises when you allow the Holy Spirit to get involved. You'll understand why he was born of a virgin. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Why he died on the cross. Why it takes his blood to save your soul. it took another step and Simeon while he stands there and sees listen you cannot see the Christ and not see past racism you, you cannot see the Christ and not see past tradition you cannot see the Christ and not see past religious hang ups 
If I can share anything with you in this season, this relationship that we have with Jesus, this connection that we have to the Son of the Most High God is more than any feeling you will ever feel. And one of my greatest fears is that we have reduced him to a feeling. That's why you are stirred by a song about God, but you can't be stirred by the word of God. And we are emotional and we feel And there are so many traditions and things that we love. But God said, if you can't be moved by what my word says as a way of living and a way of life. He said, all you're seeing is the tradition into the church and and into the temple. And and there's no vision about the Lamb of God and what he can do. And the word said in verse 34 that Simeon blessed them. I feel like I believe the Spirit of the Lord would say to us today, I want to bless you. I I want to overwhelm you. I want to give good gifts to my children. But I brought you to a place in your life on this Sunday in 2022 that you've got to see past some things. And I can't get you to the fullness and, and I can't fulfill my glory and my power on your life because you can't see Something. And I'm, I'm not talking to those that have been abused as children, just those that have been. I'm not talking about those that have been rejected by a mate. Something else. I'm talking about men and women that have been in the house of God all of their lives, and you can't get past some things. And God said, when you do, he said, I will, I will get you out of this. I'll pull you through this, and, and I will open you and a door to all kinds of possibilities. We need servants, we need vessels, we need men and women that will reach beyond their borders and make the Christ known. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. God, today I hope that somehow That while we rejoice and we celebrate and we're encouraged by so many things that are good about Christmas, that somehow we are reminded of Simeon, that in his last days, his last hours, his last moments, he was in a position to see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
God, my prayer this morning is that should there be one lost and not know you and not really, not really have ex- having accepted you as Lord and Savior, that this would be the day and the moment and the time. That this would be the day that they respond. That this would be the day that someone would simply say, I need to see Jesus clearly. I ask you this morning, if you don't know him, first of all, this altar is open. He's here to meet you. He is here to provide every out that you need from the things that have held you bound for so long, that sin that has overwhelmed your life. And you say, Pastor, I really, for the first time in my life, I need to be free. I need to know him. I want to know Jesus. And secondly, today, you, you'll say, Pastor, I'm not so proud that I, I can't confess and I won't admit that. And there is, there's that one thing, there are those two things in my life that I've got to get, I've got to get past to really be effective for your kingdom. If you're here this morning, before we go any further, would you say, Pastor, I, I need his touch. I need you to pray for me. I need, some, I need someone to, 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 to gather around me and pray for me. This altar is open. I just want to open it to you. Will you come? Will you respond today? Lifting your hands toward those that are here and toward a holy God, loving God. Would you pray? Would you pray like it's your own child? Pray like it's your own daughter? Pray Pray like it's your own son? While they sing, just worship and pray with us this morning. Leave it there. Leave it there. 
heard the Lord say that there, there is someone in this building this morning and you're, you're holding on for dear life. As Pastor Harv was giving this call that you, that you cannot move on past these issues. And I just heard, heard the Lord say that there's someone who said, I'm just going to coach through and get through the holidays. And I'll try to get this thing right in January when we start the fast and everything. But I'm telling you, someone you're coasting is going to be your coffin. And I hear a, a, a rebuke from the Lord that says you cannot coast through the rest of December into January. You'll not survive it. And the Lord says that if you are needing to get your life right, if you are needing to come and surrender something to Him, January is not that time. Not, it's not going to be a New Year's resolution. The Lord said if you're waiting, you're not serious about it anyhow. But the God said if you want to get this thing right and if you want to plunge into January full of the Holy Ghost and full of the power of the Lord, come on, there's more than just Him this morning. The Lord says if you will step out from where you are, He's going to deliver you from from coasting he's gonna deliver you from apathy he's gonna deliver you from shame he's gonna deliver you from condemnation today is the day of salvation
covenant with me in prayer over a situation this just came to me and I felt like that it was God ordained I hope it is when he two touching one thing will agree and believe he said he would work in the midst of that faith about three weeks ago Kelly and I had left a service here on a Sunday morning and we went to the pie factory for lunch in Jasper and I won't mention any names, but while I was sitting there, I received, a, I received a rather lengthy message from a, a heartbroken mother that we had pastored. Her husband, they were two of the dearest people you would ever meet in your life. And I could almost feel her tears through the phone. She said, Pastor, I'm broken. I don't know what to do. Her, uh, her only son, raised up in the church, beautiful voice. Kind of a shy, loner, reserved young man, but yet when he stepped to the platform with a microphone, could sing heaven down. She said, he's just been arrested for child pornography. And she said, I am absolutely coming unglued. She said, first of all, will you pray for him? This is not something, Kelly was, Kelly sat there, she just began to weep uncontrollably. Sometimes you're hit with those things in life you just never see coming, you never thought was possible we obviously left that restaurant shaken and it stayed with us for days and even these last few weeks and while you don't know her or him and you don't know their personal situation can we pray over them that somehow God will work a miracle and that most of all God would touch the heart of this young man and that he can do God can do what we can't do what authorities, earthly authorities cannot do. And that somehow God will be God in this situation and, and he will bring healing and hope where it's needed the most. God, right now in Jesus' name, I ask you to reach into this desperate situation, this torn situation, this unfathomable situation. And I got somehow today that like Simeon, this young man can see Jesus again. That this mom can see the hope of Jesus Christ. That God today, because of Jesus, our joy can be full again. God, those that I'm speaking to this morning in this house that feel like they have lost their joy. Somehow joy would come again in the next moment, in the next week, in this next year that joy will fill their earthly house and their spiritual house as well. 
and that you will be recognized as king, sovereign, savior, healer, restorer. Once again, in Jesus' name.